God's word. Come on, say it like you mean it. This is God's word. Not Pastor Rebin's word. I am who it says I am. I can do what it says I can do. I can be who it says I can be. And I will have what it says I can have. Today, I will hear the word of God. I boldly declare that my mind is alert. My heart is receptive. My ears are open. And I better not go to sleep. I'll never be the same. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. You may be seated. We're in a series called Unapologetically Prosperous. So look at your neighbor again and tell them, I said I'm prosperous. Amen. It is the will of God for every believer to prosper. So I'm going to end the series uh, today with the word that came in my spirit this week that I know that is for our church. So just look at your neighbor one more time and say, this word is for you. So if you're taking notes and if you need notes, just raise your hand and our ushers will give you some notes. You can click uh, on the link if you're watching online. Uh, but today's message title is Due Season is Here. Due season is here. This word came so strong in my spirit this week. I said, okay, I'm going to share this. And so in our natural world, we typically function by how many seasons? Four seasons. You have summer, winter, fall, and spring. In fact, we're coming into the summer months here in Texas, and it has been seriously hot. However, in the kingdom of God, there's another season, and it's called due season. Everybody say due season. It's called due season. And this is when, watch this, when due season comes, everything works out. Everything flows. What's owed to you comes in. What's been held up will be released. The blessings that seem to be on layaway is going to come to pass. Amen. Due season is when what was prophesied is now coming to pass. So I don't know what God has told you in your personal time, in your private time, in your public time. But whatever he has said to you, it's here now. Amen. So here's what I want to do to establish the principle of this prophetic word. Because when a prophetic word comes, you have to first hear it. It has to be proclaimed. Then it has to be received and believed. Amen. So Galatians chapter 6, and let me point this out. Every prophetic word should always have its foundation in God's word. Galatians chapter 6 verse 7. Uh, I'm going to read the context. Even though the main verse we're going to use is verse 9. I'm going to read in verse 7 just for context, pur- uh, context purposes. It says, be not deceived. God is not mocked. For whatsoever a man or woman sows, that is what they're going to reap. Verse 8. For he that sows to his flesh shall of the flesh reap corruption. But he that sows to the spirit shall of the spirit reap everlasting life. Verse 9. Here we go. And let us not be weary, church, in doing well. For in what, church? 
Come on, church. Come on, church. Come on, online. What is it? In what? Due season, we might reap. What did it say? We shall reap. But here's the kicker. If we what? Faint not. And then verse 10 says, as we therefore have opportunity, let us do good unto who? All men, especially to those who are the household of faith. So if you're taking notes, here's point number one. Due season is personal. Due season is personal. Everybody say, due season is personal. Now this word due in Galatians chapter 6 verse 9, the word due actually means something that relates to a person's personal life, private life, or business life. You can look it up. It means something that relates to a person's, person's personal life, private life, or business life. Everybody say due season is personal. And so what I'm about to do is I'm going to show you that this word do is being used in different ways in different verses in the Bible. Because if there's anything you need to get uh, out of this first point is you got to realize that I'm not talking to your neighbor. I'm not talking about your mama. Look at your neighbor. Are you talking about my mama? Not today. I'm not talking about your mama today. I'm not talking about your brother. And then, you know, it's, it's me, oh Lord, standing in. The, I'm talking about you today. Matthew chapter 9, look in verse 1. It says, And when Jesus entered into a ship and he passed over and he came into what church? His what? See the word his own? That's the word do. So do is talking about something personal. Now, let me give you context in the next verse we're going to read. It's talking about when Jesus fed the 5,000 men plus women and children, okay? And he did that with five loaves and two fishes. How many know that takes a miracle to feed over 5,000 people with five loaves and two fishes? And so that's the context of what we're about to read, Matthew chapter 14. I'm going to start down verse 22. And straightway, Jesus constrained his disciples to get into a ship. And to go before him unto the other side while he sent the multitudes away. And so when he had sent the multitudes away, he went up into a mountain. What's the next word? Apart. The word apart is the word do. So when it's talking about due season, we're talking about a season that's apart for you. Amen. And when the evening was come, he was alone. Now let me just this touch your neighbor and say, this ain't got nothing to do with what he just said. I just want to point something out uh, that, that stuck out to me. Uh, Jesus needed some retire, some time to recharge after doing something supernatural. See, a lot of people think that doing supernatural things do not take physical energy from you. See, it, it may look like I'm just up here talking, but spiritual things are taking place. And so while I'm giving out spiritual things, you are taking in spiritual things. It takes something out of you. In fact, Mark chapter 5, verse 27, most people don't think it requires energy. But remember the woman with the issue of blood? Well, in verse 27 of Mark chapter 5, we're going to pick up. I just want to show you this. It said, when she had heard of Jesus, she came behind in a press, uh, press behind him, and she touched his garment. For she said, if I may touch his clothes, I'll be made whole. And verse 29 says, and straightway the fountain of her blood was dried up. And she felt in her body that she was healed of the plague. And Jesus immediately, watch this church. Now watch this. She touched him physically. Do you agree with me? 
She touched him physically. Watch what happened in verse 30. And Jesus immediately knowing in himself, watch this church, that virtue had gone out of him. Amen. Physical times, physical things sometimes can take your spiritual energy. He said, who touched my clothes? Amen. So, in verse 23 of Matthew 14, Jesus went apart by himself to recharge. Do seasons, blessings are about you. Nobody knows the energy. Nobody knows the time. Nobody knows the effort. Nobody knows the thoughts. Nobody knows the prayers, the labor that you put into doing what you're doing. Nobody knows that. But guess what? God knows. And guess what? Because God is the only one that knows, he's the one that schedules your due season. And I'm telling you today, due season is now. First Corinthians chapter 3, here's another verse, verse 8. It says, now he that plants and he that waters are one, and every man shall receive his own reward. The word his own is the word due. And it says, according to his own labor. There it is again. So, We're talking about something that belongs to you. In fact, here's a take-home thought. You may not always reap where you sow, but you will always reap what you sow. I'm going to say that again. You may not always reap where you sow, but you will always reap what you sow. Here's 1 Thessalonians chapter 4 verse 11. It says, and that you study to be quiet. Just look at your neighbor and say, you need to be quiet. Now look at your other neighbor and say, that was kind of me. You really need to shut up. He said, study to be quiet. Watch this church and do, read it with me, your own business. See the word your own business is the word do. So when he was saying in due season, he said, no, in the season of your own business. How many own a business in here? Listen, it's due season for your business. Everybody say, do is about you. Look at your neighbor and say, do is about you. It's about you. Do is about you. Do is about you. So do you get the gist of what I'm saying? The due season is personal. Amen. By the way, in Galatians chapter 9, uh, when it says that it says due season, the word season there means, watch this, at the right time. At the right time. This verse uh, in C, the word season is found in Romans chapter 5 verse 6. It says, for when we were yet without strength in due time, that's the word season, Christ died for the ungodly. Everybody say one more time, due season is personal. Which leads us to point number two. Point number two is due season has an enemy. Due season has an enemy. So let's go back and reread our foundational verse, Galatians 6 verse 9. It says, and let us not be, what church? Weary in well-doing, for in due season, at the right time, we shall reap if we, what? Faint not. Growing weary and fainting are enemies of reaping. I'm going to say that again. Growing weary and fainting are enemies of reaping. Can you imagine, listen church, this is so good. Can you imagine a farmer who goes out, he uses all of his energy Watch this, to prepare the ground. Then he goes and 
use energy to buy the seed and money. He takes now the seed and he takes time and energy to plant the seed. And then after he plants the seed, he waters the seed. And then after he waters the seed, he fertilizes the seed. And then after he fertilizes the seed, he has to protect the seed. But then, watch this, after all that hard work, wouldn't it be a tragedy, tra- tragedy if he's too tired to go and reap from the harvest? From all the work that he's done? That's what this verse is implying. It's saying the only thing that stands between my hard work and my reward is me getting tired. And that's what happens to people. The word weary there means, watch this, to become discouraged, to lose courage, to become afraid or even to get tired. And so there are people who sometimes get right on the edge of due season. And they get tired and they never reap. And what happens is when you get tired and you don't go and reap the harvest that was ready, then the harvest dies. It dies on the vein. On the, on the, listen, if, if, if you uh, are growing grapes and the grapes come on the vine, and if you don't reap the grapes off the vine, they will dry and shrivel up. So all the work that you put into growing the grapes... And taking care of the vine. If you don't go and reap from the harvest. Watch this. All of your hard work goes down the drain. And there are many believers who are tired. They're weary. They're frustrated. They're discouraged. Because they got right on the edge of due season. And they didn't know that. Listen. Their due season is just. Watch this. It's just a little push away. So Galatians 6, 9 could actually read this way. And let us not become discouraged, lose courage, become afraid or get tired in well-doing. Because in due season, at the right time, we will reap if we don't get exhausted. Everybody say years ago. Years ago. See, people don't understand. They see the fruits of church. But a lot of times they don't see the labor behind it. So 18 years ago when I started Word of Truth, it was a lot of work. A lot of long labor nights. I'll never forget, I was listening to an old message of mine. And I used to average 8,000 cell phone minutes a month in being on the phone. Some of y'all's plans don't even go that far. 8,000 cell phone minutes. So when you start a church and you the pastor, you do everything. You the usher. You the greeter. Good morning. God bless you. You take up the offering. You preach the word. You the janitor. You everything. You call the visitors. You pray. You go to the hospital. Everything is being done by you. And that was the case. I mean, I was doing it all. And we were about in, in year number five. And uh, I'll never forget, one of our members gave me a greeting card. Uh, and, and the unfortunate thing about being a pastor, you hear most of the bad news, but you don't hear the good news most of the time. And so, uh, and that's why, you know, it happened in the life of Jesus. Don't feel bad for me because they did it to Jesus. He healed, he healed uh, ten lepers and one of them came back and said, hey, thank you for healing me. He said, wasn't it nine that got healed? So I ain't worried about it. Touch your neighbor and say he ain't worried about it. But this member sent me a greeting card 
And the greeting card uh, was just saying uh, how much they appreciated me type of thing. And then the verse that they had in the card was Proverbs 11.25. This is in the NIV version. They're going to put it up there. It says, a generous man will prosper. And then it goes on to say, he who refreshes others will himself be refreshed. Man, that, that verse meant something to me because at that time it felt like I was burning from both ends. So what I did... Because, see, in order to get spiritual fuel, you have to put spiritual fuel in. So I started confessing that verse right there. When I felt myself getting tired and weary, and I'll tell you what that means in just a minute. As I was doing that, I would, you know, quote this verse. I would say, he who refreshes others shall himself be refreshed. A a generous man will prosper, but he who refreshes others will himself be refreshed. The King James says, he who waters others shall himself be watered. And I would say that, and I'd say it, and when I saw myself going down, I'd say it, I'd say it, I'd say it, say it, say it. And then I'll never forget, I had to fire the first person that I hired uh, at Word of Truth. I had to fire him. And uh, I don't know, have you ever had to fire somebody? Yeah, it's not like the show, like, you know, when Donald Trump had his show called uh, Apprentice. It's not like, you're fired. It's not like that. It's harder than that. Because, see, the, the, the entanglement as a pastor is... They not only work for the church and work for you, but you're their pastor too. So you have to turn around. You got to fire them and then you got to pastor them on top of that. So I had to fire this person. I wasn't feeling that good. I'm telling you, it was, I was down. And uh, I'll never forget it was a Monday. And typically on Mondays back in those days, I used to call the visitors. You know, we still do that now. In fact, visitors, if you, uh, we love for you to fill out either uh, one of the electronic commitment things or you can get a piece of paper we have commitment cards you can just uh, connection cards fill that out so we can call you but anyway uh, I used to do all that and uh, I used to be you know encouraged after I talked to the visitors and I didn't want to talk to nobody that day I, re- I rarely wanted I barely want to talk to Jesus I'm thinking I'm, I was down and so I was in my bed and I was watching Martin y'all know Martin right <laughs> Martin I'm the man <laughs> so I was in the bed watching Martin and my phone rings and it's one of the members hey pastor I'm getting ready to go out of town uh, can I come by the house because at, at that time the church office was the house uh, can, I, can I drop my tithe and offering off by the house I was like no I said you good because they didn't know I didn't want to talk to nobody I said no you're good I said, you, you, you always pay your tithe, give your tithe an offering. I said, so, no, you can do it when you get back. They said, oh, no, I'm not leaving town with God's money. I wish all the saints was like that, by the way. <laughs> so anyway, this person, they pushed me. I said, well, okay, well, just come on to the house and drop it off. So when they came to the house, they dropped off their tithe and offering. And then they gave a, a meal, a, 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 a greeting card. I thought that was, you know, I get cards a lot from people. And so, uh. When they left, I just put the card down, and uh, I just went and got in the bed, and I, I finished watching. Martin, in, I'm the man. So I'm watching Martin, and the Lord speaks to me. See, the Lord will speak to you when you're watching Martin. He spoke to me. He says, Evan, get up, go read that card, you need it. So I got up, I read the card, 
and they had wrote something in there real nice and it had a check in the in the in the in the car and the check was face down so i didn't see how much it was so when i turned the check over the check was for ten thousand dollars how many know i started feeling good right away how many know i forgot about the person i fired huh? i didn't even remember their name no more no i'm just playing no i mean it just it just sparked me up right well fainting can start watch this from physical fatigue but ultimately wins over with mental fatigue i'm gonna say that again fainting can start with from physical fatigue see it's not just like you know when you play basketball or you work out it's a good fatigue you feel good you 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 go and take a shower you feel refreshed but fainting starts from physical fatigue but Ultimately, it wins over from mental fatigue. Hebrews chapter 12, I'm going to read verse 1 because I want to show you that you have to protect your mindset and your thinking during this season. Because I'm telling you, due season is not coming, it's here. It says, wherefore seeing we are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight. And the sin which so easily beset us. And let us run with patience the race that is set before us. Looking into Jesus the author and the finisher of our faith. Who for the joy that was set before him. He endured the cross. Despising the shame. He sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Watch this now church. For consider him that endured such contradiction of sinners against himself. Watch this church. Lest you be wearied and faint where? In your mind. Look at your neighbor and say it's all about your mind. And then he goes on and gives us a comparison. He says, you have not resisted unto blood striving against sin. Listen, sometimes we're going through stuff and we, listen, we, we make it look bigger than what it is. And see, it's your perspective of the problem that determines uh, your viewpoint of the problem. And a lot of times the problem, we make it bigger than what it is and it causes us to faint. So here's a take home statement. Even the best needs their minds to rest. I'm going to say that again. Even the best needs their mind to rest. I know your mind is ripping and running and ripping and running and ripping and running, but you got to shut that thing down. Amen. Here's a take-home thought. Everybody say, hmm. Your mental reason can impact your reaping season. I'm going to say that again. Your mental reason can impact your reaping season. I've seen so many people make terrible, life-altering decisions because they were tired. Never make permanent decisions during temporary times of weariness. And here's point number three as we close. Due season, watch this church, is a time of reaping. Remember our first point was due season is personal. Why? Because only God knows what we have sown. And because he's the only one that really knows how much we've sown, he's the only one who's qualified to determine our harvest. Amen. Uh, The latter part of uh, this school season, first lady uh, in her position Uh, She's a communications person and media. And so their school district, Garland School District, which has 55,000 students, they were up to uh, for a bond. And the bond, uh, and I learned so much about this, but the bond is the money that they need from taxpayers or whatever else they get this money from so they can keep, 
you know, the, the facilities up to build new buildings and that type of thing. And man, I tell you what, I saw her exert energy I didn't even think she had. She was working hard. I mean, there were so many meetings she had to be at, township meetings. I mean, it was like, it was like running for president. You had to go, you know how the presidents go to all these states and cities and do their speeches. It was just like that. Her superintendent said, when the, when it first started, be ready, tell your family it was good to know them. You will not get sleep, you will not get rest, you would, I mean, I was like, the devil is alive, but anyway. <laughs> listen to Colossians 3.23. Cause see, only you and God knows how much effort you have put into what you're doing. Colossians 3, it says, so whatsoever you do, do it heartily as unto who? The Lord and what, and not unto men. Here is why. Knowing that it's from the Lord that I'm going to receive my reward. I love verse 25 because it keeps me out of the judgment seat when other people do me wrong. Because some people faint in their minds when they run across opposition or when criticism comes or, or when haterade comes or when situations come. Look at verse 25. He says, watch this, this is good. But he that does wrong shall receive for the wrong which he has done. See, that keeps me out of the judgment seat. Because if, if you, once you become the judge, you now step out of the seat to reap. And you put yourself in the seat to judge. And the, Jesus already told us, judge not so you won't be what? Judge. So we don't want to be in the judgment seat. Watch this. Because we're not qualified to judge because we don't know what all that person's doing. Watch Colossians 3.17. It says, whatever you do in word or in deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus. And then giving thanks to God and the Father by him. Ephesians chapter 6 verse 5. Servants, be obedient to them that are your masters according to the flesh with fear and trembling. In singleness of heart. As unto who, church? Christ. Not with our service or while they're looking. As men pleasers. But as servants of who? Christ. Doing the will of God where? From the heart. Watch verse 7. With good will doing service as unto the Lord and not to men. Watch this. Knowing that whatsoever good thing any man does, he shall receive the same from the Lord. So whatever I'm doing that's good to you, whether you accept it or not, whether you receive it or not, whether you act good towards me back or not, it doesn't matter because whatever good thing I do towards you, I'm going to get it back from God. It said, whatever good things you, listen, that you do, you will receive it back from the Lord. So watch this church. My good is never wasted. God sees and he rewards. So here's, here's how we apply today's word. And then I have a prayer of due season that I'm going to pray over you right now. The first thing is you, when you're going through this for due season, remind yourself, of God's promises of doing good. See, when you start feeling weary, no, remind yourself of his promises. Here's number two. Declare for the rest of this month and next month that due season is here. So I want you to stand up right now. No, no just, just be seated. I just want you to raise your hands up. Do it like this uh, in, the, in the way of receiving. If you're watching online, I want you to just put your hands out just like this. Because I want to pray this prayer over you. Father, your word tells us to not get weary in doing good. Because we will reap if we faint not. Today I pray over every person who feels weary. 
every person who may have been ready to throw the towel in or walk away from places and people that they may have put in some hard work and labor. Holy Spirit, I'm asking you right now that you will strengthen every person under the sound of my voice. Give them divine strength. Give them a spiritual boost of power that they'll need to help them keep going so that the reward that you have, that they have worked for and the reward that you have for them, they will be in position to receive. Help us see that this season of due season is bringing with it health, strength, blessings, overflow of goodness, overflow of favor. This season of overflow and this due season that you have is bringing prosperity, divine wisdom. It's bringing financial increase. It's bringing thoughts of witty ideas and inventions. We pray that creative ideas that will produce millions are going to come out of this due season. And an abundance of things that is going to bring honor. This due season is going to bring influence. This due season is going to bring promotion and it's going to bring elevation. And I declare in the name of Jesus, there are some of you who felt like you were on the backside of the desert. But I hear the Lord calling you up. Oh, you may have thought that you were forgotten. Some of you all thought that they forgot about you. And you know what? They may have forgot about you, but God is telling me to tell you, but he didn't forget about you. He said, just like David's own father forgot about him when it was time to line up to see who was going to be king. And he said, oh, even his family forgot about him. He said, but I, the father, didn't forget about David. And he said, just like I didn't forget about David. And I brought him to the forefront. He says, I'm in the midst of now bringing you from the backside of the desert. I'm bringing you to the front. And he says, when I bring you to the front, you'll never be able to say that it was you. He says, it took longer than what you expected because I had to get your heart ready. I had to get your heart straight. I had to fix some things that was going on in your life. I had to heal some hurts that you had been going through. Because you would have ministered out of pain and not out of principle and out of promise. He said, but today I'm pushing you forward. Oh, glory be to God. He says, I'm pushing you forward. And he says, you're going to look like you just showed up on the scene. He said, but it's going to be me. He said, because if I'm for you, who can be against you? He said, so therefore I say to you, son and daughter today, don't be weary and well-doing because today I schedule your new season to start. And Father, we thank you for what has started today in Jesus' name. Come on, just thank him for that word. Thank you 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 for that word, Father. Thank you for that word. Hallelujah in Jesus' name. With every head still bowed. Here's my question. If you die today, are you 100% sure you'd go to heaven? Are you 100%?